Obi Emelonye is a Nigerian film director known for directing award-winning films like Last Flight to Abuja, The Mirror Boy, and Onye Ozi. Obi, a former professional footballer and law professional, graduated from the University of Nigeria Nsuka uh, with a BA Honours Theatre in Arts. In 1990, he went on to study for an LLB law degree from the University of Wolverhampton and also completed a postgraduate degree in legal practice from the London Metropolitan University. He practiced law for a few years before focusing on his first love film. Mm. Live from London, please make some noise for filmmaker Obi Emelonye Obi. <laughs> Obi, how you doing, that brother? Is how early, that is how early it is in London. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for waking up to tattoo us, man. Thank you, thank you. You know, um, Metro FM is a, is a member of the family, so... I will wake up in the middle of the night to talk to you. If that's important. <laughs> Thank you, Obi. Now you were recently. And, and by the way, yeah? by the way, that was that was an introduction and a half. Thank you. Yeah, you're <laughs> I welcome. Didn't know I, I had that much. I'll introduce you when you win your your, your first uh, Academy Award. Thank you, thank you. You will read the citation. <laughs> exactly. Now you were recently spotted at the Toronto Film Festival. How did Africa do there, and what were you doing there? Um. Um. Africa is, is coming. Yes. Um, whether they like it or not, Africa is coming. Um, at the moment, I believe that what they're doing is offering us tokens, um, crumbs from off the table of the rest of the world. I've been saying that. Um, I, um, South Africa was very well represented with three films. Yeah. Nigeria had one. And a few of the Francophone African countries had a few among mm. them. Sure. Um, I went there not with a film project already made. I went for what is called the International Finance Forum, which is where um, uh, producers send in pitches for their projects, and some of them are selected to come there and do what I discovered to be horse trading sure. or speed dating, mm. um, where you speak very quickly to very big number of a large number of business executives from netflix from uh, warner brothers from uh, sky plus from, from canal plus from uh, bbc and and, and and the like um very quick discussions where you pitch your project and and try and make them understand why they should um um commit funds to it sure um but i i it was a it was an eye-opener for me it's the first time i'm undertaking such projects because i've I've gone about the financing of my films um, the independent way. Hmm. And this is the first time to, to use what is like a, a public um, platform to seek finance for a film. And I think the budget of the film demanded that because we were looking for $5 million for a film um, that we were doing called Ade's Journey, which involved uh, a young uh, African boy who leaves home, runs away from home, hmm. and decides to walk... Uh, literally all the way from the Sahara Desert through the Mediterranean to to, to Europe to play for professional football. Yeah. So it, it deals with uh, global sports. It deals with uh, a global issue with migration and and human trafficking and all of that. At the same time, it is a coming of age story about a young African boy. Mm. Uh, you know, you look at it and you think it would tick all the right boxes, but hell no. 
Mm. Um, not good enough. Recovery from... No, it's not good, not good enough. Not because the quality of the story is not good enough. Not yes. because of the package is not good enough. Yeah. Not good enough because it talks about an African boy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and, I, and I came off um, IFF with a sinking feeling, but, you know, a really reassuring feeling that we have to make this ourselves. Yeah. Yes. No, no international uh, film corporation or film fund is going to dip its hand into its pocket and mm. offer millions of dollars to an African project to mm. happen. Sure. We have to find the money internally, make the film, and shock the world. Mm. And oh. I came back with that resolve, and I've started immediately with, with, with the project that I believe was going to do that. You've, you've uh, kind of answered uh, part of my question because you were just saying that mm-hmm. how the, the film industry internationally basically gives Africans the crumbs from the table. Do you think, um, you know, the international market is only, and we also spoke about the fact that uh, they kind of are seeing some of what uh, Africans are doing. Do you think that uh, at the moment uh, the rest of the world is waking up to Africa or people like yourself are just taking more ownership of the stories that we tell instead of waiting for the internationals to come and tell our stories, find our stories, tell them. Do you think more Africans are now deciding, no, we can't wait for the internationals. We have to, you know, take ownership of the stories ourselves. It's, South Africa is a, is, a, is a great example of, of, of the potential African cinema. Mm. Um, the, the, the South African films have done well in, in local cinemas, um, but the difficulty has been the crossover. Mm. Um, the Nigerian film industry, on the other hand, you know, did not have a great start in terms of quality. But you know what it showed Africa and the rest of the world was that you know we don't have to have a million dollars to tell our stories. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wait for finance to come from Hollywood before we tell our stories. We'll pick up a camera, gather our friends, write our stories, act our stories, and share our stories. The, the thing that Hollywood did was it, it, it made it possible for, for uh, some kind of commercial viability mm-hmm. to come into play. So that means if I borrow money from my friends and tell that story, I can make it back and pay back that money. I can become self-employed. So the, the Nollywood model has even crept into back into South Africa, where the model before was that of uh, elitist, mm. um, high-quality filmmaking. You mm. find people in South Africa now making low-budget projects that are that are ending up to become commercial successes because because of the little money spent making them. Sure. So uh, uh, the, the the filmmakers. From Africa have taken on the, the, the you know the gauntlet and said you know what we'll tell our stories mm. and by the way we're going to, we're not going to rely on government subsidies and and government funds to make it we're going to make a commercially viable uh, we're going to tell a commercially viable story and, and it's spreading across Africa you know um, the Cameroon um, in in Liberia in Sierra Leone they're making films it's fine young people who who grab a, a DSLR camera. DSLR camera and, and, and telling stories. Mm. And those stories are traveling. You see uh, the, the internet and other modern inventions have made it easier for those stories to travel. So you, you, you tell a good story, you shoot a viral video, 
and the next minute you have millions and millions of views from across the world. Mm. So the world is our oyster. 647, we're talking film, we're talking Africa. Nigerian filmmaker Obi Emelonye is on the line. We'll be back with more from Obi after this, the Comedy Minute with Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams, Robbie Collins. Hmm. Am I mad? Brand new music on Metro FM. Fet Cook versus Mahuta. Features Lady Zamar. This is Hero. 654 hashtag Mad About Africa. We're talking film. And uh, joining us from London is Nigerian filmmaker. Uh, he also happens to have been a lawyer, but uh, currently a filmmaker, Obi <laughs> Emelonye. Welcome back, Obi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, DJ. Tell us about your journey. What fascinates you about creating film? And what does it give you that a law degree wasn't giving you? <laughs> My mother asked me the same question. Um, she sent me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you gotta get a, get an answer from me, better answer than I gave her. Yes. Um, I I I struggle to put it into words. You know the difference between practicing as a lawyer and and practicing as a filmmaker. I would say that one is is a career mm. and the other is a calling mm. sure um one is uh um is a, a trade and and the other is is uh, a passion an obsession mm. Mm. i i think first of all my journey went 360 degrees because first of all i started in in the creative arts i read theater arts dramatic arts at the university of nigeria and you know that was mainly stagecraft yeah um and then arriving in london as a green-eyed 26 year old boy i had big dreams and in, in the arts and i discovered no that sector is not going to grow uh, in the next few years the, the future was on the screen on tv and on, on in the cinema and i and i felt okay um i was in a foreign land i needed to to maintain a certain standard of living and um the best way to do it and and to do it with the skill that i can transfer um into the creative arts down the line um i needed a law degree and maybe because my twin brother is a lawyer and and law has kind of um, fascinated me as a young man i went ahead and studied law because I could, yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, but I, I majored in intellectual property law, which I, I know would become handy when that dream eventually happens um, to become a, a filmmaker. But at the same time, I, I started attending courses, um, short courses in filmmaking, cinematography, editing, um, lighting and the like. And, and I started making very cheap um, independent films um, that, were huge learning curves for me as a filmmaker. So at the same time, I was training as a lawyer. I was becoming a better filmmaker. And I ran those two careers almost parallel mm. for a few years before in 19, uh, sorry, in 2006, 2007, I decided to jettison the, the law practice and concentrate fully on film. But that wasn't until I, I had enough uh, traction, as it were, Mm. In, in the filmmaking sector, not not until I've built almost a reputation as uh, somebody with a cinematic style 
uh, somebody that tells stories from the heart mm. um, so that, you know, uh, the transition wasn't as bad as it would be if I hadn't built a name. I didn't wake up one morning and say, hey, guys, um, this week and gown is going in the pain. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be a filmmaker and start that process. So in a way, the, the transition was smoother, um, but I feel fulfilled. You know, when I go to film festivals and I've attended a few across the world, and, and my film is being played, and I'm feeling like that, you know, uh, taking a story from just an idea and working with it and making it live mm. as a film yes. is, is one of the most fulfilling things that could happen to a human being. Obi, and although, although yeah. the money is not great, but yeah. we, we, we're doing well, we thank God. What is next for you? What are you working on currently? What film can we look forward to? There, there are two films yeah. in, in, that is really imminent. One of them is uh, the biopic of uh, the, the, uh, one of the Nigerian uh, most controversial rulers, uh, Ibrahim Badamasi Babangida, who ruled Nigeria from between um, 1985 to uh, 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 1993. Okay. Uh, it's a really uh, important film for Africa because we haven't been telling enough biopics about African leaders and learning from it. The Mandela mm. one is because Nelson Mandela is Nelson Mandela. Sure. But there are more leaders from Africa that deserve that treatment, and Papangida is going to get it. And then there's a film called Code 24 that I'm making that tells the Obama story, but not from the Western perspective. Obama comes to Africa, uh-huh. and, it, and it goes all wrong. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a thriller, comedy thriller, that is um, taking out one of our best exports to the world, and um, bringing him home in cinema. Can we also work on a Thomas Sankara movie, maybe? Uh, absolutely. You know, you're, 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 a, you're a, uh, 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 what do I call it, a clairvoyant, because I started working on a Thomas Sankara movie with a friend from Germany. This yeah. was in 2008, 2009. Yes. Um, but, you know, the relationship didn't, didn't continue. But Thomas Sankara affected me as a young man. Uh, the day Thomas Sankara died, I was still in secondary school in Nigeria. And I cried yes. as if I knew him, as yes. if he was my president. Yes. But because he was a fine young man with great ideas that took a country and changed it over a very short period of time. Mm. And we need to tell stories like Thomas Sankara. I start with Mavangida, but very soon I'm going to pick out, uh, I'm a Pan-African filmmaker, I'm going to pick out the right people from across the world and try and collaborate with local people to tell stories of inspiration coming right from Africa. And hey. Thomas Sankara is one of them. Amen. Obi, where do we find you online, sir? Um, I'm on social media. My name is the same, Obi Emelonye. Just dig me up, um, send me a question, send me a comment, um, and I respond to everything myself. Uh, I don't have an assistant. <laughs> and, well, not until you make uh, real, real, real money. Exactly, exactly. Obi, listen, man, keep telling African stories. Keep uh, being a, a proud African. We salute you. And I will keep uh, holding your name up uh, high in the lights, brother. Big up. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. All right, then. Uh, that's Nigerian filmmaker Obi Emelonye.